0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Network. And right now, I'm going to be bringing you the latest and greatest going on around the world of Hollywood. Hope everyone is having a wonderful Tuesday. I'm going to be talking about Uncut Gems, sending to be back into the theaters this weekend. I'm also going to be talking about the new Way Back trailer and a few other things. But the first thing I do want to talk about is set in the world of Disney. And according to a source that I found with an Eric Davis... And uh, that he was able to find within the Disney Insider, he set a link on his Twitter, that there is information regarding that there is going to be a new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids film that is coming out. Josh Gad is set to star in the movie and it's set to come out in the next few years. And with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, it was a film that came out in 1989 and it became a, a very well familiar film that has gone on to garner a cult classic, a classic kids film. And it was headlined by Rick Moranis, who over the last few years, ten years or so, has decided to retire and he's kind of he 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 hasn't been in the limelight and and for the reason for that is because once his his wife unfortunately died of cancer and he decided to take back from his work and be with his family, his kids, and watch them grow and take care of them. And so whenever there's been a new Ghostbusters movie or something else. You would think that maybe Rick Moranis might come back, but in reality, that wasn't really the case. However, now, according to reports, it seems like with this new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie, while not official, just rumors, just early talks, according to the studio, according to this insider, Rick Moranis is in very, very, very early talks to be in the new Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie, which is being touted as this reboot aka legacy equal legacy sequel kind of thing legacy equal is what they're calling it in which basically it'll be kind of like what this new Ghostbusters movie is is going to be with Ghostbusters Afterlife in which it takes place in the same universe and it, it, it's in the same storyline same vein same characters you have new characters but it follows that same storyline of, of the classic films that we know, and the classics of, of the Zelensky kids and Wayne Zelensky, it's going to take it's gonna have those same characters in it, in which Josh Gad seems like he's going to be playing the Zelensky son, in which he's going to be tinkering around with a device. And in the plot synopsis that was given out for this new film, which has no title, it seems that... With Moranis it seems like it would fall in line with what he's dealing with right now and it's kind of heartbreaking and falls in line with what he's been dealing with so I wonder if they've kind of written it in that fashion for hoping that he might come back for this film. And so I think it's it's interesting. It's something that's in the works right now. Nothing 100% confirmed by anybody just yet. Just initial talks happening with the studio and Moranis potentially to come back. And it would be his first film in a long, long time if he does come back for this movie. And it would be just great to see him on screen once again because he is such a great actor. He was such a great comedian. Spaceballs, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Ghostbusters. He's just an incredible actor that unfortunately tragedy struck him and his family and you can understand just being a human why he decided to kind of step away from acting and hollywood and take care of his family and his children and it's understandable and hopefully we get to see him soon and maybe something like this can get him out of retirement maybe for one last film and this is his last hurrah and he does it for the sentimental value because of what honey i Shrunk the kids the franchise is without Rick moranis it really isn't the same without him so i think it'd be great to have him a part of it what do you guys think of this news of Rick moranis potentially coming back for this franchise let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts now moving on to another little bit of news that came out we involving uncut gems and uncut gems is a film that came out late last year in 2019 it hit the 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 festival circuit it was an early award season contender got a lot of a lot of circuit awards with the National Board of Review, a lot of New York film, film circles, a lot of film circles in general. It seemed that Uncut Gems might have had a shot at some awards potential, but unfortunately, once the Oscar nominations rolled around a few weeks ago, Uncut Gems went away empty-handed with no nominations for Adam Sandler, the Safdie brothers, editing nothing whatsoever for the film. And usually around this time, it's still in a few theaters, but it seems like A24 is deciding to put Uncut Gems back into major theaters this weekend on February 8th and the February 9th, which is surprisingly Oscar weekend. And it's funny for a film that doesn't really have a lot of potential with the Oscars, has no nominations, why would you put it out there? And it seems like, according to a lot of box office prognosticators, is that Uncut Gems It was a big success, especially for A24. It was really one of their biggest films of all time, and it could potentially be their biggest film of all time, in which right now it needs $500,000 to become the highest-grossing domestic film in A24 history, beating out Greta Gerwig and Saoirse Ronan's Lady Bird that came out a few years ago and for them i think this is this makes perfect sense for a24 to do as well and the fact that we saw it with avengers endgame and even though that's on a different level that's more it's a big blockbuster whereas Uncut gems isn't that whatsoever when avengers endgame was reaching that pinnacle of being the third highest grossing film of all time the second highest grossing film of all time marvel studios disney decided to put the movie back into theaters when it was still kind of in a lot of major theaters at that point during the summertime in 2019 and so it came out with this extended look and that it was going to have a few things at the end of the movie. It didn't affect anything within the actual movie. It had The big thing about it was that it had an a, a extended preview of Spider-Man Far From Home because it was about a week or two out from Far From Home hitting the theaters. And so with this one, it seems like A24 is pushing this film out once again, and it'll have a Q&A with the Safdie brothers and Adam Sandler and a few other goodies that are coming along the way with Uncut Gems. And this is a movie that has a lot of popularity because of Adam Sandler, because of the reviews that it's gotten. I think I know a lot of friends of mine have really grew grown on this movie and loved it because they can relate to it in a way of they're not – crazy gamblers but they do gamble a little bit and, and they and they can relate to Howard in that kind of a way and the hustle that he lives even though it's not a good thing it's still something that he, he leads the life in and that they, they they love that kind of movie with sports and gambling and Kevin Garnett's in it and Adam Sandler the Sandman the Safty brothers I know a few friends of mine that are fans of his as well as long as I am and Uncle James was my eighth highest or actually no my ninth favorite film of this year i absolutely i, I love the movie it was a favorite of mine and, and the safety brothers continue to put out great movies in the last few years with this one and then good time with rotten pandison in 2017 which made its way onto my list as well for my top 10 of 2017 so it's good to see uncut gems making its way back into a a wide span of theaters this weekend and let's see if it's if it's able to garner and it just needs half a million to get over that hump domestically and become a domestic highest-grossing earner for A24, and I think it's going to do that. What do you guys think? Are you guys excited about Uncut Gems? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now, moving on to the last major news topic of the day before I go into a big trending trailer that came out yesterday, and that is news that came out just a little bit ago, and that has to do with Lionsgate is in development of a Kurt Warner film that is going to be titled American Underdog, The Kurt Warner Story. It's set to hit theaters this year on December 18th for the holiday times. John and Andrew Irwin are set to direct the film, along with Friday Night Lights writer David Aaron Cohen, set to be one of the writers for the film. Kurt Warner and his wife will be producing, and it's based off of Warner's memoirs for when he was a... Saint, when he was a Los Angeles Ram and an, and an Arizona Cardinal and he became a two-time NFL MVP, a Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl MVP, and how he went on to be one of the great all-time quarterbacks and which he earned his way into the Hall of Fame. And it seems like this one is it's going to be a major biopic, but at the same time, it seems like it's also going to be a big a, a big faith film. And Kurt Warner is based in faith, and the directors, John and Andrew Irwin, have had a dabble in the religious genre of of filmmaking in which people and and, and faith is a a big instrumental part of a film, God, and I think because with football, religion is a big part of, of the game and people believing in faith and believing in circumstances, I think Kurt Warner seems to think in that way as well. You just hear the release statement that he gave to, that I saw in Variety about the news, he definitely has that kind of base around him. And so I think it's going to be a mixture of a, of a football inspirational biopic mixed in with some, some faith elements in there. And I'm excited about it. This could potentially be an Oscar contender with, I'm sure Lionsgate might potentially position it to be that way. It does have that release date of December 18th, right in the smack dab middle of awards season. They just had a film this year that was a big hit for them of 2019 with Knives Out getting a best original screenplay nomination from Ryan Johnson. So maybe they position it to be a film that could make a little noise during awards season. They haven't announced any cast members to play Kurt Warner or anyone with his family or anyone within the movie. They just announced the crew, the director, and who's going to be writing it and the release date for the film. So American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, are you guys excited about it? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts Now moving on to a little bit of some trending trailer news that came out yesterday for a specific movie, and that is For The Way Back, and is directed by Gavin Hood, and it is starring Ben Affleck, and this is a movie to me that when I saw the trailer for it the first time, the first trailer that I saw, I was blown away by how I connected with it, and For me, this is, I I think a lot of people can speak to this, is the fact that for Ben Affleck, I'm sure this is a very hard-hitting film for him because it's about a, a man who is dealing with a tragedy or something that happened in his past, and he's an alcoholic. But then something comes around to him in which he's called on to become the new head coach for his high school basketball team, in which he became, he is somebody that, was a big high school basketball player when he was in his prime but then it seems like things didn't go right and and he becomes an alcoholic and so to me the first trailer i think really resonated with the emotional tie to ben affleck as a character and it's not that he's this perfect coach that's dealing with the basketball team he's also dealing with being a a basketball player he yeah, not a basketball head coach but a father a husband an ex-husband and Dealing with things in his life and, and, and that somebody is lat, that can be stripped down like that and he's going through his own things I think is incredible. So it the first trailer really I think shocked me in showing more of Ben Affleck's character and showing what he's going to be going through while also showing that he's going to be coaching this basketball team and it had that basketball element in there. This time, though, with the trailer, it got more into the him coaching the basketball team and ha- and that these kids are going to have issues that he's going to have to help them with and along with dealing with his own issues. And so I think when you combine both of these trailers to get, together, they they show the both sides of, the, of what this movie is going to be and combine them together. And I'm really happy of what this movie has the potential to be. Some people are saying it has some Oscar potential. To me, I would love that, but I think the fact that it's coming out in March instead of say September, November, I think is is tough for this movie. I think that if this was coming out in the fall, winter time, it would have a better shot in an Oscar. Ben Affleck, to me, again, it's it's something I think that hits hard home to him, and I think for us, we get to see him as really put on his acting shoes, his dr- dramatic acting shoes, and do something that we haven't seen him do before. And see the the kind of progression he's made again, and that he has had some trouble throughout the years, but maybe he's gotten back on his feet again. And I'm excited to see where this one goes. I'm a sucker for these sports movies, the underdog tale, and the fact that we get to see the the players fight back and rise up, and the coach as well rise up from from where he's been negatively and, and come out on top and be somebody for himself and for or his, his his significant other, and for people around him, I think, is, is important. And to me, I got goosebumps watching both of these trailers, so I'm really excited about seeing this movie. Maybe it could end up on being a favorite of mine of the year. I don't really know. I don't want to make that judgment just yet. However, I'm excited to see where Ben Affleck does in this movie. Basketball, I'm a fan of. So we'll see what happens with this one, but it, I am excited and is going to be on my most anticipated for March again, directed by Gavin O'Connor, starring Ben Affleck, Janina Gavankar, M- Michaela Watkins, and it was also written by Gavin O'Connor, who has had a dabble in the sports realm. He's done the counting with Ben Affleck, so he has rapport with Affleck. But he's also done Warrior with Joel Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy, and so I think for. For Gavin, he, he he knows the sports well realm, and it's not just a basketball film like Warrior was. It wasn't just a mixed martial arts movie. It was about something. It was a human story in there and dealing with alcoholism and dealing just with just not being the best but rising up and doing the best even without no talent. And he says that in the film. They might have more talent, but we have the better team, and it's just about being a team, just dedicating yourself to this stuff, which is what sports is all about. And really what life is all about, too. So I think for someone like Gavin O'Connor, he knows the actor that he's leading that's the lead actor. And he knows this this type of sports film that's not just about the sport, but it's also about the humans, the story. And I think that is what's going to make this film particularly very interesting for me to look at when it comes out on March 6th. What did you guys think of the trailer? Let me know down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. Now, guys, the last thing that I want to get into today is because it is Oscar week, the Oscars are on Sunday, I'm going to have Jason on, and we're going to talk about the Oscars on Friday. But in order to get into everything and and not just go into it in one week, I want to spread it out, I'm going to be doing a Best Picture Recap. And basically what I'm going to be talking about, every single one of the nine major films throughout the week. And I'm going to do three films in the next few days leading up to our interview with Jason in which we'll give our final predictions. I will as well and what we think is going to win and what could maybe potentially upset during this year's Academy Awards. So it's a lot of fun. This is the biggest night of the year for me and for a lot of other people as well. There's nothing quite like it. This race has been short. It's been crazy in these last few weeks in the last few months really and so we're gonna get into it but there are nine films that are up for best picture this year nine nominees and i'm gonna go through every single one of them i'm I'm gonna start with three today and the first three that i'm gonna talk about the first one that i'm gonna talk about within the three is ford versus ferrari it's directed by james mangold it's starring tracy Letts, matt damon and christian bale who i still think Could have been up for Best Actor, but that was such a tight category that unfortunately he wasn't able to get get into it. But he was there last year, so it's good for other people to get recognized as well for great work that they did throughout this year. And for Ford v. Ferrari, I'm going to really talk about why, give a case for all these films to win Best Picture. And I think for me, for Ford v. Ferrari, to me it was just, it was my number two movie of of last year. It's just such a great crowd-pleasing film, especially... After just talking about The Way Back, I'm a big sports person, and even though I know basketball a little bit more, I'm still a fan of of sports, uh, of the underdog story. And even though I don't know about NASCAR and racing, I felt like this movie really put me in that world and wanted me—and I wanted to know more about it, and it got me interested in, in the Le Mans and within just— is coming out in the next few weeks, and it just gets me interested in, in finding out more about the racing world and the way that these characters are likable, especially with, with Carroll Shelby and Ken Miles, the characters that Damon and, and, and Bale play. It just really got me intrigued with them. I, I was emotionally invested in the story and the characters, and I was pumping my fists, and that's what I want with this type of movie, and I came out with a smile and with, with a heavy heart and in emotions, and I just had a great time with the film. So I think... Academy members can look at this and see it as a great crowd-pleasing film, a film that made over $200 million at the worldwide box office. People went to go see it. It was a crowd-pleasing film. But I just think that there's other great movies that are out there and it just hasn't gained a lot of buzz that I don't think that it'll be able to capitalize on winning Best Picture. But I do think it has a shot of winning Best Film Editing. It's in the categories of sound as well that it might have a shot at because of those incredible racing sequences with the editing but also with the car sounds you have in sound mixing and sound editing i do think it has some shots there but i don't think best picture it, it has a lot of steam but it also has a lot of cases going for it for maybe potentially winning best picture now moving on to another film that's up the second film that i'm going to talk about This week, and that is the new Martin Scorsese film, The Irishman, starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Harvey Keitel, a who's who, a Mount Everest of probably some of the best actors of all time. And when you think of this movie, it hasn't really done well during this award season. And and to me, I, I had a lot of hope for it, but as the Globes went on and a lot of these precursors started to happen... I just thought to myself, I wouldn't be surprised if this started to come out empty-handed. Come Oscar night, come any of these nights with the BAFTAs, with SAG, with the DGA, PGA, all of these awards, Critics' Choice Awards. It just seemed like it was just it was just meant to be in that a movie that was hyped up since last year's Oscars and even years before when this movie was in development. You had Scorsese, Pacino, De Niro, Pesci coming back from retirement. You thought this film can't be beat, and it seems like. You don't know what comes out during the year that you it just it can put a, a a a wrench in in the Oscar race and we had films like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood we had Parasite nineteen seventeen we had all these movies come out that I think kind of lose a lot of these other films lose a lot of steam but I think for Irishman the fact that for Scorsese that it was just something different from him and 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 I remember going into it thinking that it was going to be like Goodfellas and Casino, but once the film actually happened and I realized what it was, I just wanted it to wash over me and just be put on this ride with these great actors and this great director and and and, and writer and somebody who's, who's just one of the best to ever do it. And just to see him do something different within a genre that he's just so familiar with, I thought was very refreshing. This was a movie that wasn't flashy in any kind of way sure it had violence to it but what my movie doesn't have vi- mob violence in it whatsoever I think especially for a, a Scorsese film it was very it was very toned down it was very layered deep and emotional and and even though it wasn't as flashy it still had a lot of the mob Scorsese elements that were accustomed to in one of his movies but then once you get to that last act and it's dealing with the Hoffa incident and and you see Frank Sheeran who, who is played by De Niro and you go through his life and you get to the last leg of his life and you see what he... It seems like Scorsese and, and all these actors and everyone involved are talking about themselves and, and just a life in general of what do you want your life to be? Do, do you want it to be in this world or, or should it be with your family? And I just think... When you go through that last leg of the Irishman, you just, it hits you in a different way than any other Scorsese movie might. When you deal with a lot of these good fellas in Casino, they're trying to tell you of greed isn't good in that, you, in that when you work your way to the top, eventually you'll fall down and not always something is, is going to last. Whereas with this movie, it's about it's not going to last, but was it worth it in the end? Was it worth it? And, and it doesn't deal with jail or 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 or, deal, or it ends with going to jail and that's it. It deals with life it, it deals with with just naturally old age and dying off and I think that's just something that Scorsese has never done before and so I think even though it's probably not going to win best picture, but I just think that it's such a, that's such a strong case for it to be up for best Picture this year and be one of the be- the, the, the best picture winner of last year and being able to do something different in, in terms of what a Scorsese film does. And the final film that I want to talk about today is Jojo Rabbit, and this is a movie that is directed and written by Taika Waititi. It's based off of, of, a, of a book and something that Waititi saw, and it stars Roman Griffin Davis, Thomas and McKenzie, Scarlett Johansson, Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson, Taika as, as Adolf Hitler, and it's a, a World War II satire based on hate and love and anti-Semitism, and I know that there's a lot of controversy surrounding this movie, the fact that it deals with Nazism and it deals with Adolf Hitler and it shows him in in a light that you don't want to see him in and make fun of or and 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 see in a funny way. But I think that when when I heard about this movie and I saw that, I I knew that people would see it the wrong way. And and, and I understand where those people come from. But at the same time, knowing what I know about YTT and especially after what he did with Thor Ragnarok. And the fact that Thor Ragnarok was, was kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy where it had a lot of comedic elements, it was funny, it had jokes, but at the same time it had a heart to it that was very surprising and an emotional story to its core. And that's really what Jojo Rabbit encases with it as well is the fact that you have a film that is just ravaged to the core and even though it's, not, it's about not dodging a book by its cover and the fact that for Jojo seeing this world from a 10-year-old's perspective and, and, and hate and that y- you follow blind nationalism and and, and, and fascism in, in a way that you wouldn't expect, but then opening your eyes and seeing this whole different world and that maybe the people that you idolize are the people that you should be fearing and, and not supporting and not showcasing your loyalty towards. It's something different. And, and I think for, for Taika, this is an incredible film that was – On my honorable mentions of last year, it won the the Audience Award at Toronto, and that same time, Green Book won that award last year at Toronto as well, and it's won the WGA. It's been up for a PGA and a DGA award as well, even though Taika isn't up for Best Director at the Oscars. It's up for multiple awards. It's up for six Academy Awards, screenplay, picture, costume design, production design, a few others as well. But I think for this movie, it has a chance to upset but at the same time, I going to the negatives, I do feel like this is a movie that has really polarized a lot of people in a way, and whether it's good or bad, I do feel like there, there could be a lot to, to nominate and give this um, a Best Picture win at, at this current time, but I do think it's going to walk away with a few awards throughout the night, and I think it's one that is going to hold up the test of time throughout the next few years and be one that puts YTT on the map, not just as an MCU director, but as an Director for all and create projects for himself in the future. What do you guys think of these three films up for Best Picture this year? Do you think Fortebe, Ferrari, The Irishman, or JoJo Rabbit have a shot at winning the big prize at this year's 92nd Annual Academy Award? Let me know what you think down below in the comment section and leave your thoughts. But guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out my channel for more content. You can check me out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, and much more. Also, make sure to tune in on the Ambiguous Network, and be sure to check out the other amazing shows that are on there, such as You Mad Bro, the number one source to see what the internet is pissed off about on a weekly basis, also, check out goal-driven professionals geared toward improving client relations, return on investment, and customer acquisition costs for independent businesses and services. And our, check out our brand new show that is on the Ambiguous Network, The Daily Grind, a weekly motivational podcast with Kelly Johnson, giving you everyday tips and key takeaways on reaching your goals. You can check them out on the website, AmbiguousProduction.com, also on Facebook and Twitter, at Real ambiguous and if you want to check out Canopy Treehouse, use the coupon code AMBIGUOUS. Also, make sure to tune in to follow me on social media on Twitter at Samuel. That's B-U-S-S-E-L-L-S-A-M-U-E-L. And on Facebook at Sam Basel. Thank you guys again so much. And until next time, keep on screening.